upholding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captain of a scientific, technological elite. We signed a climate convention on the importance of economic instruments and free markets were included in this mammoth uh, Agenda 21 document and the Rio Declaration. Uh, let me be clear on one fundamental point. Uh, the United States fully intends to be the world's preeminent leader in protecting the global environment. Coming up, Technocracy News. Greetings, friends, from all around the country and actually all around the world these days. Patrick Wood here, editor-in-chief and sometimes chief cook and bottle washer around here. I have to worry about such things, and my hometown is finding out where they sell toilet paper anymore because it's out everywhere. We've been to several stores. There's just none. I don't know what we're going to do. I say we scream and shout and run about, have a good panic in the parking lot, and maybe somebody will have mercy on us and just give us a roll of toilet paper. Well, the world has gone mad, hasn't it? People all over the country are in just total panic mode, worrying about where they're going to get their next packet of toilet paper. Costco has been sold out for days now, for instance. And whenever there's a new delivery uh, come in, it's gone in within 30 minutes. And there's other things that have been gone as well. People are focusing on consumable items like vegetables and things like that instead of canned food like beans and tuna and chili and all those things you can store for a long, long time uh, in a cupboard before you have to actually eat it. So they're doing all the wrong things, and it's unfortunate that uh, panics are that way. Uh, you always do the wrong thing and when you're panicked, and it seems that's the case today. I've written two essays across the last two weeks, and I'm going to share both of them with you today. And I promise this will be an abbreviated version of Technocracy News and Trends broadcast. But nevertheless, we got something to say. We have to say it. My first article that I wrote last week was called Technocracy Rising. You all know that book. Ooh, I wrote that book. The subtitle here in my article is The Trojan Bear of Global Transformation. Oh, my book was called The Trojan Horse of Global Transformation. But in this case, because we are now in a bear market officially, all around the world, not just America, bear market everywhere on planet Earth right now. This is the Trojan bear of global transformation. And the idea you might get out of this is that, yes, while people are looking at the bear market and they're looking at the financial markets crumbling and stuff, the technocrats have gone wild. They are in their heyday right now trying to figure out how to capture the whole thing for themselves and flip the world into technocracy. So I wrote in this article, yes, this is a play on words from the title of my 2014 book, Technocracy Rising, the Trojan Horse of Global Transformation, but it fits perfectly. With the coronavirus as a trigger, the entirety of global equity markets have now entered a bear market down 20% from their very recent peaks the financial shock of peeling off up to $30 trillion in equity has barely been felt yet, but analysts are already warning of major structural faults that could turn out to be existential to the current global financial and economic system. In other words, 
the collapse of the existing economic system would leave a vacuum that would eventually have to be filled. But the big question is, filled with what? Well, technocrats are standing by to answer that question. Sustainable development, a.k.a. technocracy. Sustainable development is the United Nations version of technocracy, which was originally defined as a resource-based economic system dependent on total control over resources, production, and consumption, and where energy is the primary currency. The concepts of supply and demand are jettisoned, and with everything being priced according to the energy that went into its manufacturing. For all those who think this is foolishness, consider that this is exactly what the so-called Green New Deal ideology is all about, thanks to the persistent encouragement by the United Nations the color green has already been imprinted on every nation on earth. When all these green thinkers are presented with the vacuum of collapsed capitalism and free enterprise, what on earth do you think they're going to demand? A rebuilding of the same system? Hardly. They will instead blame capitalism and free enterprise as getting what it deserved for destroying the world in the first place. After all, they believe it was the engine of man's exacerbation of global warming. Capitalism will become a pariah, and demands for something new will be shouted from the housetops and the skyscrapers all over the world. The resulting economic fallout from the current global meltdown will see governments and central banks dishing out boatloads of fresh taxpayer-provided stimulus funding to recover from the downward spiral. Watch where the money's spent. It will be for green jobs, green infrastructure, and other sustainable development green projects. Just as 9-11 brought the total surveillance state into existence, the coronavirus will usher in a new economic system. While that's taking place, the total surveillance state will be further reinforced by spending on Internet of Things, social engineering projects, geospatial intelligence, and so on and so forth. The lyrics of Bob Dylan's well-known ballad also fits perfectly here. Some of you know this song by heart. The times, they are a-changing. I'll read one stanza to you. The line it is drawn, the curse it is cast, the slow one now will later be fast as the present now will later be past, the order is rapidly fading, and the first one now will later be last. For the times, they are a-changing. Well, indeed, the times are changing. This could be the sea change that I predicted some years ago that eventually would happen when the technocrats figured that they had enough capital in hand. I'm not talking about capital money. But when they had enough cards in the deck, let's say, that they knew they could shoot the moon, that they would. This could be it. Everything right now is pointed against capitalism and free enterprise and its rapid and soon destruction, and technocrats are licking their chops. Article number two, written this week. Technocrats use coronavirus to drive the United States to national suicide. Dr. Anthony Fauci is unquestionably an expert on infectious diseases 
serving as a director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984. He has presided over emerging viruses such as HIV and SARS and swine flu and MERS and Ebola and others. In every case, the rhetoric that emerged at those times sought to force social and political behavior by suggesting a pandemic and preaching radical action to combat the threat. And how many times have we heard that over the years? Well, those other efforts failed to gain traction, as we know. The coronavirus, COVID-19, has succeeded. Dr. Fauci has now revealed his true technocrat colors by stepping beyond his role of merely informing policymakers to making policy directly. This door was opened when President Trump granted him a policy platform and authority to speak for the federal government. Big mistake. Since then, whatever disaster that COVID-19 might bring in medical terms, it has been far surpassed by social, economic, and political change that can only be described by one term, national suicide. Dr. Fauci might be absolutely correct that COVID-19 is 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu. But since his conclusions and predictions are only verifiable by himself, science has essentially become a god, and he essentially has become its sole high priest. In any case, his scientific and medical expertise in no way qualifies him as an expert in sociology or economics or political science, and yet he is the one driving the shutdown of the entire nation to, quote, prevent COVID-19 from spreading. Heaven forbid it would spread. Well, it is spreading. Everybody knows it's spreading. It's out of control spreading. But they still think they have some control over it. And in any case, nothing will be held back to fight the war against the coronavirus. Well, fear-mongering wins again. First, alarmist sky-is-falling cries were made that millions of Americans could die. Sounds a little bit like global warming, doesn't it? We're all going to die. We've only got 12 years left, you know. We better take radical action today. Well, I go on here. Second, the only way to prevent these deaths is to stop contagion by shutting down social and economic activities. Fauci has since claimed that he is open to a 14-day total national shutdown. Big zero. Nobody leaves their homes. Everything's shut down. All public events, all businesses, everything to supposedly, quote-unquote, flatten the curve of contagion. That is, yep, shut down sports and community events, schools, churches, restaurants, transportation, factories, services, and any other activity where people would come into contact with each other. This insane mentality has now caused national panic among civic leaders as well as citizens. Ordinary people are panicked into the irrational hoarding of toilet paper. Really? State governors are firing off executive orders left and right that are essentially promoting a form of soft martial law. 
where civic and religious groups above a certain people limit cannot meet. City mayors are shutting down restaurants, churches, schools, and government services. These irrational measures are ripping apart the social and economic fabric of the entire nation. Store shelves are emptied. The stock market is crashing. National economic activity has cratered, all in the name of saving us from the coronavirus. This is the exact reason why America should never allow technocrats to run the nation. And yet, technocrats are running the nation anyway, straight into the ground. When America regains its senses, it will be too late to mitigate the damage. For now, technocrats like Dr. Fauci should go back to their laboratories to do something useful for mankind and stay out of the business of running a nation. I'm also going to give you another article that I wrote for citizensforfreespeech.org. That's the organization of which I am the executive director and founder two years ago. You can find the blog post on citizensforfreespeech.org if you'd care to read it. And I'd encourage you even to share it, if you would, with anybody that you know. The title of this story is Regulatory Gouging Hits the First Amendment. This is a new concept that I dreamed up myself. Regulatory gouging. Well, you get the idea. Everybody understands what price gouging is. Nobody likes it. It's unethical. It's immoral. And it's taking advantage of people when times are desperate. That is when somebody takes a product, raises the price two or three or four times, and turns around and sells it to somebody else who desperately needs it. Well, regulatory gouging you'll see is another concept that fits perfectly here. Regulatory gouging hits the First Amendment. That's right. As America panics over the fear of COVID-19, authorities and companies alike are railing against the unethical practice of price gouging or jacking up prices to unreasonable levels during times of emergency. However, regulatory gouging by overzealous elected and civic leaders is getting a free pass in the name of curtailing the spread of the virus. As a result, the First Amendment is getting hammered. And might I add, what's to do with that? It's been hammered for a long time. Well, now it's really getting hammered. Regulatory gouging is where unconstitutional policies are put in motion in response to the unplanned emergency. The first instance of regulatory gouging occurs when the policy is not proportionate to the event. We just talked about that. The second instance is when the policy has nothing to do with the event, but reflects preconceived policies that could not possibly have been implemented under non-emergency conditions. The Newark Department of Public Safety in New Jersey declared, quote, any false reporting of the coronavirus in our city will result in criminal prosecution, close quote. Well, the department will determine who is worthy of criminal prosecution and the nature of the speech that is worthy of such penalty. Well, Washington State Governor Jay Inslee issued an executive order that banned gatherings over 250 people. That's now been reduced, by the way, to over 50 people, including churches, sporting events, and rallies, 
and declared that criminal penalties would apply to any offenders. Ostensibly, if 251 people got together to protest Inslee's unconstitutional activities, they could all be fined and tossed in jail. Now that's Americana, isn't it? Well, Mayor Deborah Frank in Champaign, Illinois, issued an executive order herself, including ordinances that would grant her extraordinary powers. Listen to some of the powers that she granted herself. Violating parts of the Open Meetings Act, banning the sale of firearms and ammunition, banning the sale of alcohol, closing all bars, taverns, and liquor stores, banning sale or giving away of gasoline or other liquid flammable and combustible products in any container other than a gasoline tank permanently affixed to a motor vehicle. Well, I guess you can forget about mowing your lawn. Direct the shutoff of power, water, and gas. Take possession of private property and obtain full title to the same. Prohibit or restrict ingress and egress to and from the city. Well, the city assures the public, that is the city of Champaign, Illinois, that it will not necessarily order such restrictions, but the mere fact that it's written into the ordinance indicates that they could do so, and that alone is of great concern to civil liberty advocates. Well, in California, the land where anything goes these days, Governor Gavin Newsom issued an executive order that allows the state to take over get ready, hotels and motels, and convert them into medical housing for coronavirus patients. He further issued a directive that instructs senior citizens to stay in their homes and for bars and restaurants to shutter their establishments. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine ordered all bars and restaurants to be abruptly closed just six hours after the order was announced. That sent them into a tizzy, by the way. And then DeWine added, I can't tell you how sorry I am, close quote, to the business owners. Yeah, right, Mike. The Michigan governor ordered a ban on all events over 250 attendees and the closure of all K-12 schools, including private and boarding schools. Well, I didn't know they had the authority to close private schools. Those are supposed to be private. Well, mayors and city councils across America are restricting public assembly now and closing local schools. This massive wave of government restrictions touches on every part of the First Amendment, which states this, just to remind you, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or of the right for people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances, close quote. While Congress was not necessarily involved in any of the above cases, it is important to note that every state constitution very clearly restates these same rights. A principal thought of the American founders was that, quote, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. Our civic and elected leaders must not be left to themselves to do whatever they want in the name of emergency. Americans must demand that both the U.S. and their respective state constitutions always be the guiding light for all public policies. 
It's time for regulatory gouging to stop. And indeed it is. Only citizens of these respective communities can do anything to talk any sense into these people's head. Maybe while they're in panic mode, there is no talking sense into them. But you better get ready because sooner or later the panic's going to stop and then all these things need to be unwound. I've had several people tell me already, by the way, that the coronavirus is at least the same magnitude as 9-11, especially in terms of the response to it. I would say the response to it is worse at this point than 9-11. 9-11 only gave us the Patriot Act, and we've been plagued by the Patriot Act ever since. The coronavirus is giving us everything on top of the Patriot Act, changing every level of society, some of it permanently, and other areas are getting so transformed that they will never look the same again. We are at a crisis, all right. It's a constitutional crisis. It's not a virus crisis, and it's not a crisis of trying to flatten the curve. The crisis is indeed a constitutional crisis of great magnitude. I hope some Americans will wake up and get steaming mad at what's going on right now. We need to stop these carpetbaggers who are trying to rip the Constitution to shreds while we are worried about who's selling toilet paper today. Well, I'm Patrick Wood for Technocracy News and Trends. We'll see you next time. <music>